Happy birthday, Gerard. Happy birthday, Gerard. Let's start the podcast, Gerard. Oh, uh, I'm Gerard Peralta. And I'm Kevin Peterson. And I'm Ryan Benoit. And this is Serial Podcast 9. First of the new year, episode 36. Oh, 36? Yeah, man. First me, of the new year. Look at me keeping tabs on things this time around. <laughs> it's real great. We're doing it. Are we doing more questions? I feel like we should like try to come up with a subject almost, you know? There is a subject that's snuck into this one, so don't worry. We got that. All right. Uh, I don't think these questions will take very long, so I planned it out in my head today, Kevin, just so you know. Yeah? I was really trying. So we'll do questions. We'll do this like a real podcast. We'll do questions, and then we'll get to the topic. But I'm going to I'm going to turn one of the questions that someone wrote into a topic that I want to talk about. So, ha, 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 ha. okay, let's do some questions because otherwise I lose track of the questions and it's difficult. Flockadile Dundee, AKA Osaka Flocka has asked a question before and uh, asked another question, which is amazing. So, the, the, and I should say that's the Instagram username. I don't know if I did that. I don't think that's his legally given name. Anyway, um, okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. What if it was? <laughs> All right. Okay. So he says, "What is your holy grail part? The part you list after the most? Lost after the most. Lost after, but yeah. yeah." He wrote list, and then I was like, "Maybe you're <laughs> listful for it." And then I was like, "Well, that doesn't make sense." Anyway, lost after the most. Holy Ooh. grail part. Yeah. Obviously, I know Mercy Steering Wheel. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my answer. Um, yeah. What um, is it, though? You guys must have one. There must be a part. Like, Kevin, I feel like it's a set of wheels. I, I, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I was going to say, like, I feel like I've had, like, most of the things that I've, you know, lusted after. The one thing that I comes to mind is, like, I had a I had this, like, gritty Grex shift knob that, that you know, it's like the tapered barrel it's like super super heavy and i had that and like i it went missing somewhere along the way and i don't have it anymore and like i kind of lust after that but like i i had it i just wish i had it again you know (laughs) uh that actually answers the second part of the question which we've because you've mentioned that shift knob before on the podcast Uh so we should try to find you that shift knob because it's jake brought in these two like super hilarious like alibaba like three dollar knockoffs the other day to the shop oh nice yeah they're pretty hilarious would you run that instead of a serial nine shift knob it seems like this point i don't know that's the problem it's like i don't think i would and like yeah i I wouldn't pay for one and like i wouldn't want people to buy me one as a gift because like you're gonna get eight in the mail um yeah right but yeah what are you most proud of on your car yeah on it one thing i did lust after was that like uh there's a bunch of different Alteza gauge clusters where they have the tack in the middle and it goes up to 9,000. Oh, it's a late model one or whatever. Yeah. Well, they're like the Modelista one. Yeah. yeah there's like a, a Tom's one, I think, and like one other one. Yeah. So those those are super cool, but they're like $700. So like, I was like, it's, it wasn't worth it to me. It wasn't that cool. Coolness for dollar wise. But yeah. But I always thought that was like a really cool thing. One part that I still really want is like a Uras drag wing. I've always wanted that. And every time I see one come up for sale, I'm like, oh, I should just buy it. But And then you don't. But then I don't, yeah. Mm. I'm probably going to talk about my Aristo because I don't really have any cars that 
I lust after whatever parts, but I mean, I guess I've kind of always lusted after a JZX 110, the Blit. I always wanted a, a cool one, and I guess I kind of have that, so that's sort of cool. I mean, it's not as cool as it in the summer. It's not as cool in winter mode as it is in the summer mode, but I mean, that's pretty cool to have a like a six-speed JZX 110 Blit. Like that's I don't know how many of those are there are in the world. One. That's not a part though. Yeah, it's not a part. I mean, it is a part. The car is the car is one part. The car is <laughs> one big part. The car is an assembly of parts. Yeah, aren't we um, just all an amalgamation of moving parts? I mean, yeah. if talking about the Aristo, what was I most? I mean, you know, the Aristo, the, the body kit, man. I mean, honestly, when I had the Aristo and with the breed kit, like that was sick because I literally sculpted that body kit in my fucking garage. You know what I mean? Like that was pretty rad. Like and to see it come into fruition and then to be able to like put all these gangster ass wheels on this car like just because we made this cool body kit or this wide body or whatever like yeah it's pretty sweet to be able to see all these people like make their own vision of what they want their Aristo <clears throat> or gs to be with those with those fenders too yeah i always thought like uh i always i always thought basically like when i had that car uh, that it looked really sick with this with the arrow like Honestly, like I kind of always liked it a lot with the one piece wheels, with the uh, yeah, one piece wheels, Yankees. Like it looked super dope. And like when I had the, the tons of camber with the Yankees, like and the polished face, like I thought it looked really cool with all the stickers on it. I thought it looked really cool. I really liked that look. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like you answered this question wrong, and that's okay. I'll answer for it for you. <laughs> if, the, if, if a car is an amalgamation of all parts, I feel like the thing you lust after the most is a Porsche Taycan. Or we, have we just like done away with that bit that Gerard likes the Porsche Taycan? Like, <laughs> it's pretty sick. I mean, you can't be proud of that, though. No, yeah. but so there's what you lust after and then what you're proud of proud of the aristo i get but then you're like i lust after this thing that i also have so that you're not really lusting after the blit you own it so i think right i think you, maybe he's in lust with it right now like you know is he i mean i, I, I mean that's not true i don't really love yeah. that car you know what i mean so no. i think it's cool because i've always wanted one and now that i have it it's pretty sick but like it ain't no taken yeah, the car, the thing that you lust after the most is a take hand. That oh, is your measuring okay. stick, I think, for like a lot of things. Driving experience. It as seems far like... as a car goes, yeah. 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 All right. That's fine. I think that is a valid answer for anyone who's ever listened to more than one episode of this <laughs> podcast. They'd be like, yeah, that motherfucker loves a take hand. I don't know if I have a real answer for this. Uh, I try not to want for things that I can't have. I think it would be cool just to do like a big turbo on my car, like big single at some point. Yeah. But that's yeah, a, you need 700 horse. You need, yeah. Can I answer that? Can I answer that question again? Like the yeah. thing that I was most proud of was my Aristo when it was done. Like when it was done, I was like, finally, like, you know, after I had the 600 horse and like the 60 tires and like, you know, and like I actually drifted it for that year and a half solid or whatever and like i was comfortable driving it i was like really proud of that car because i mean i know i say i don't like that car and like i don't really like that car but after a while like finally after <laughs> it was all done i finally liked the car you know what i mean so i was like really stoked and and like for that small window of year and a bit 
when I drove it and like I took it to Wickfest and I won and all that shit. Like I was proud of that car. Like it, it took a long fucking time to get to that spot and it was a lot of work, but I was proud of it. That's really yeah. good. That's a nice answer, Gerard. <clears throat> I'm glad that you got that. I'm going to yeah, change. I don't have a real answer. I wanted the serial nine steering wheel really bad. And then you guys were nice enough to gift it to me for Christmas, which was amazing. So good. Uh, and I want a big turbo. That's, and, and I like the way that the Aristo is now, I think like the version of my car, my Aristo, not Gerard's. I don't like how Gerard's Aristo is now because it's just a trash can. somewhere. <laughs> All right. Okay. It's so, on its way to be new things, you know? Yeah. Recycle. Circle recycle, of life. Recycle. Oh man. Um, Cedric wrote us a question. Oh, shit. oh man and i think he <laughs> i think he was like i'm gonna troll kevin and gerard a bit not originally but okay he's got a he's got a podcast he said i've got a serial podcast nine question so one what does drifting mean to you guys not sure if this has been answered there's been too many episodes to remember and i think <laughs> that's fair i don't know if we've answered it and then i can do the follow-up question what does drifting mean to you Okay. Uh, this is like spirit of this season and that's yeah that's like too that's too deep you know i don't i don't know like drifting is like a fun activity that i enjoy doing <laughs> you know <laughs> that's what it means to me like you know hmm. you really waxed poetically about the thing that you spend most of your money on <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fun, and I do that, and I've dedicated a large portion of my life to it. <laughs> well, I mean, I took a huge hiatus from it. I'm, you know, I, I have gone back to it, and I feel that, like, on the podcast, I have talked about how it's like, it is pretty ridiculous, and it is super expensive, and it is like, you know, like sometimes you you're it. just you're just sitting there, and you're like, yeah, like, I'm I'm going through this ridiculous amount of tires, and um, you do it, you continually do it. I haven't done it in a while. I'm getting, I'm getting itchy. I want to do it. Yeah. See, so why do you want to do it again? Cause it's super fun. <laughs> oh, it is good. pretty fun. Um, yeah. I haven't drifted in a really long time until basically the other night. And uh, when we were first tandeming with Marcus, I was just like, dude, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, man. Like, like I was like, 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 you know, it's icy. It's going fast. Like my car has a lot of grip in the snow and, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is this is a really good idea for your street car that like basically it's kind of like your only car except for the truck that like you shouldn't really drive all the time. So yeah, you should totally take this and, and stick it in third and like bounce it off the limiter near curbs in the snow and on ice. That's a really good idea. And then of course you do it because but then yeah, 10 seconds later you're having fun. Yeah, it doesn't matter about drifting, man. Like I remember, like I remember the one time when I finished painting my X8. So, you know, I had this piece of shit X8. That's what I learned to drift on. And then I did a body swap or a shell swap, I guess, if you will. And that's when I first painted the X8 yellow. And I was like, everyone's like, oh man, like it's so nice and stuff now. Like you're not going to want to drift it. And I was just like, yeah, you know, you're probably right. Like, you know, but the second I hopped behind the wheel, man, and like heard the 1J and like dumped the clutch and like got a little bit sideways and you get that kind of like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You get this like, feeling of euphoria when the when the car is going sideways and you're, you're in control of that like amount of power i don't know it's just it's just fully sick like um yeah <clears throat> i feel like i've dedicated a lot of my life to trying to answer this question in writing 
So it's yeah. pretty, pretty hard to like stop and say like, oh yeah, I'll put it into three sentences, but I'll be damned if I don't try right now. Um, I think drifting, what does it mean to me? I think to me, drifting is the best part of automotive culture that you can be into. I think like if you're into cars and you're into drifting, it's like one of the better worlds and someone can correct me and be mad, but I feel like the camaraderie and the community based around drifting is the best. So that's like, if I was into car shows, I feel like car shows have like sometimes get weirdly political. And I just read the, uh, the Wakefest article on Texas and people were not happy about it. And you oh, kind of what uh, Joey was saying. Yeah, man, people weren't happy. Oh, I was going to say, I, I spoke to him a bit because I mentioned that in one of my podcasts, I said, yeah, like build better fucking JZXs. It was a similar sort of vibe. Like, it's not like I was shit talking to people. I was just kind of like, I know you guys can do better. And I feel like that's sort of the same thing. And, right. uh, but people took it the wrong way. So, and everyone, and so you get that. And, you know, you get dudes at car shows, like, it's like just this, like, how much money can I spend? to make this be a thing and here's my part list and award mm-hmm. me an award and then I can tell people that I won and then all the other things seem very competitive but like I mean realistically the most fun you have I've had with drifting is just at events where you're like your friends are out there like right. having fun and you know it's like everyone's supporting each other and yeah it is very funny because I'm very close to drifting and I don't drift really at like I don't drift at all but I feel like i've been around it for such a long time that it has had a large impact on my life and so yeah, yeah. When, you, when you kicked the forerunner sideways the other night i was like yeah yeah ryan's ryan's drifting and yeah, i was yeah. like and i'm in my head i'm like he, he knows how to he knows how to drift right <laughs> yeah you were also worried if i knew how to drive on ice <laughs> i was like okay. well, i wasn't worried i was briefly kind of like oh i should tell him that it's icy and then i'm like wait a second the guy's from saskatchewan like clearly he knows how to drive in the snow um, yeah yeah you know um yeah so that i like drifting to me just it's the it's the best best version of what you can get and i don't know maybe maybe time attacks really fucking cool i don't know but like i feel like you put that together with like the smoke and the noise and uh just i don't know Drifting like, seems more chill it's like more like a release yeah. like you know if you're doing like a time attack it's like 110 percent focus like you're just, you know <laughs> But like I feel like drifting, you you could definitely like totally totally screw up, and it doesn't really matter, and you're still no. gonna have fun, you know? Yeah, it doesn't ruin your day unless you wreck your car. Yeah, you know, like, like oh man, I didn't like that corner. It's not like well, no, you're out of the race and you can't keep driving. And you're like oh fuck, good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like I feel like that's probably you know you probably hit the nail on the head there because the whole I mean one of the biggest part of one of the biggest reasons people are so into drifting is because it's it's like a it's like a freestyle sport you know what i mean whereas like a lot of sports are very regulated like time attack you're regulated like uh, other forms of motorsports like there there are classes and there are rules and there are this and that and i mean there aren't really rules with drifting man especially like at a grassroots level you just yeah, build whatever ridiculous stupid cool fast stylish ugly car you want and you go and drift it and like you know some people will be like yo that sucks or some people be like yeah that thing's cool but like at the end of the day man you're still driving and you still drive with friend a and friend b that you went there with or yeah. you probably end up driving with other dudes and like 
I think nobody's really making fun of you. Nobody's really like, you know, it, it's not, it's just super chill. I think. I mean, they the, might the be making thing. fun of you, but who knows? No, I was going to say, <laughs> uh, I think the way I can best describe this is at <clears throat> the gala this year when I had the Aristo out on track after, and then Carter drifted it. But then Stu was like, my favorite part was like, he said something. It was like, you took your Aristo out. And I thought that was really cool. I'm like, yeah, man, I did like fucking sucked. I didn't, couldn't do anything. He's like, doesn't matter. It was like, one of my favorite things I saw that day. And I was like, Oh, well, that's a really like nice thing. If you were at a time attack and you went out and you didn't like, you didn't hit like the, you know, you didn't hit your corners properly or you weren't <laughs> like someone wouldn't be like, wow, that was really nice that you like wasted yeah, everybody's like time. You took, you, took your, you took your daily driver out there yeah. and tried. Yeah. yeah. They wouldn't nice be like, try, Oh, guys. nice yeah. try. You know, they'd be like, get the fuck out of here. I assume. Maybe not. But we but should I mean, say, I don't know. Maybe if it's a private track day for like your yeah, buddies maybe. to do time attack, they'd all be like yeah. cheering you on in your minivan, you know? Yeah, maybe. I should, we should <laughs> say that it may even be specific to the type of drifting that we dedicate most of our time to, which is like the grassroots, like chill shit. Because like comp yeah. drifting yeah. is different. Yeah, I think competition drifting is its own. Well, one other thing about drifting that's kind of cool is like like Gerard was saying, it's like you have like a crazy mix of vehicles. Like, yeah, like if you're going into like time attack or like where you know, you know, obviously spec racing, it's all the same. But like even even any of that other uh, like lapping day style, like I don't think you're gonna have the like mix of vehicles and types and swaps and stuff that you would have at a, right. at a drift event exactly and then that's the thing too is like you'd have like you might see an aristo or a gs for sure but it's going to be heavily 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 race oriented like it's not just going to be some generic you know i mean maybe at a maybe at like a like a track day where you know mm. but at the same time i feel like even at track days you're probably not going to see like a mark ii blit or like an aristo or like yeah i don't know like a chevelle with a with a 2j 2j or something you know what i mean like you're you're not going to see those things because yeah, they're, not, they're gonna, not really competitive they're the not going to compete yeah. with you're not going to see a volvo or a pickup truck mm. yeah some of those i mean correct me if i'm wrong I mean, i'm sure those <laughs> things do exist at some track events but like not really where we're from and not will, really yeah the last thing i'll add about drifting is from the perspective of what I do of taking photos and everything, uh, it's the most like aesthetically like entertaining thing to watch, you know, like I, you could watch racing and that's kind of neat, I guess, but like, it's been said that drifting is like pretty much every run is the best 30 seconds of any race. Right. Like it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just like the overall, it's like loud noises, smoke, more loud noises like yeah crazy like angle. the limit of like are they about to crash continuously yeah. you know mm-hmm. like yeah that like when the car is coming around the final corner and they're side yeah. by side and they're both like barely hanging on that's like the most exciting part and it's yeah you're almost like taking that and multiplied it across the whole the whole time all right here we go there's more to this question so that's hey. nice that explains why we like it and that's great i think we got there trucks and trailers are they needed does a trailer do you need to trailer your car no does it take away from the experience though trailering your car or just driving your car yeah i'll read the whole question then you yeah, okay i'm sorry about it. no it's fine it got a little bit confusing because cedric spelt does wrong all, every time he wrote it <laughs> and i was like so he spelt it yeah dos 
Dos trailering your car to all events take away from the experience of getting to street drive to street drive your drift car to and from the track. Have you ever crashed and had to drive a broken drift car home because you didn't have a trailer? <laughs> Dose having a truck and trailer make you drive harder knowing if you, you do break or crash, you, you still have a way home? Do you drive more conservatively if you drive your car to and from? Do you enjoy street driving your drift car when you can? There's like 10 questions in a one there. Yeah. So just wrap it up. Is it? Do, what's your, I'll let do you I enjoy first. driving my, okay. Do I enjoy driving my drift car on the street? Yes. Have I ever trailered my car to an event? No. Have I driven my car multiple times? you trailered hours? your car to an event? Oh, you're right. Yeah. I mean, I went to Chicago. That's true. And I, and and I, and I have and trailers in Penticton. Okay. And yeah. Penticton and that private drift event in Washington. Okay. Yeah. So I've known so, you more to trailer. I guess. I guess yeah. I've, ne- I've never personally driven that Aristo onto a trailer and, tra- and towed it. But yes, it has been trailer to events. You're right. You're right. Totally, yeah. totally right. Yeah. I mean, when I was younger, it was definitely different because I ain't got shit to do. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like all stoked. Like, I can spend the whole night before driving to the event. I don't give a fuck. I got nothing else to do. But, like, in today's day and age, when like time is absolutely money and like I got a family and all this stuff, and also like making it home at a certain time, you know, in one piece is important. If I had the choice and if I had the, all the time in the world and like, Nobody gave a shit if I got home at X time or Y time. That's I a sad just, story. I'd, just, be, I'd be real sad for you. Nobody I'd gave just, a shit when I got home. Just sad drive. I'd just drive. If, if they were up to uh, me, man, I'd just drive my cars all the time, everywhere. Do you think that would affect what you did on the track? And then... Uh, I mean, I'm not the craziest driver, so no. I mean... <laughs> how would that have changed at the first gala when you crashed your car? Anything would have changed? I guess it wouldn't. I mean, that, that, that event was so close to home, it wouldn't really yeah. matter anyways. But you also right. drove there. So, like, you know, obviously. I did drive. It didn't play that big of a role. Yeah, and then yeah. you trailered. You had it trailered out of there. Or yeah. Yeah, I think it was just because it was so close to home. But, yeah, yeah, if I would have done that in Chicago or something, I would have been, like, in a world that it would be a lot different. That's for sure. Yeah, that would have been the end of that. <laughs> um, yeah, part of my car in, in Chicago. <laughs> yeah kevin what do, what do you think i mean yeah gerard and i used to like always drive to the events and like drive to the events in the states where people would be trailering their car from minute, 20, 20 minutes away from the track or whatever and yeah we had driven two and a half hours and then like that was that was i don't know i liked that it was i thought it was kind of like dope but like it felt more real or something you know stakes were um, higher. what the stakes were higher oh yeah totally and it's kind of dope that you can like drive two and a half hours then drift all day and then like drive two and a half hours back and like be confident that your car will make it and that everything's good and that you can do that and like yeah yeah it's like like, pretty to bring two sets of wheels inside and not be like strapped to the roof or some stupid garbage or like trailer they have a little trailer like you know four across the back seat or two in the trunk and two in the back like that's why we drive sedans you know that is one thing i will say though that like that kind of almost becomes like the limiting factor you could you could drive two cars to an event but it would be helpful if you also had like a third truck that had all your tires and tools and jack and stuff like so yeah it's like once, once, once you crash well once you have to once you start have to bring like you know a bunch of drift spares and then tires like if you're going for like a weekend event at the at villains and you got to just bring everything you need for like two and a half days of drifting 
yeah and live in, in your car it, it, it does get a bit much i would say that yeah it definitely does i'm so used to driving to the event that it doesn't really change how i drive at the event maybe if i have the trailer i'd be a bit more inclined to let it all hang out i don't oh. feel that that's so different from how i'd be driving oh, normally so i'll deal with deal with my car when it's wrecked like not i'm not gonna worry <laughs> about it. i'm not gonna worry about getting it wrecked before it gets I love wrecked you that know? mentality i mean you definitely <laughs> brought a car to a vent far away and wrecked it and then had to bring it home two times yeah you also trailered a car to an event all the way across the country and then had to like finish it there didn't you yeah yeah i've done that too <laughs> Again, Kevin lives dangerously. It's amazing. <laughs> um, it's funny because I keep agreeing with you, and it's like like I have an input on this as a guy who drifts, but I don't drift. So, uh, but I've observed things, and here's my observation, and you can tell me if I'm way off. So one, like, one last thing. One yeah. last thing that I will say is, it is super nice to at the very end of the drift event just be like, all I have to do is get that car onto yeah. that trailer. Yeah. That's it. Like the strap it mm-hmm. down. You're like, you don't have to like change the tires to like good tires. You don't have to like load it all back up exactly how it was for like the yeah. drive home or whatever it was. You'd like just yeah, yeah. get the car onto the trailer. Yeah, man. I think yeah. there, I know from what I, what I could tell to your point earlier, I have drifted in the past. I wasn't great at it. And we drifted 20 minutes outside of Regina and obviously everyone drove their car there. Cause why wouldn't you? Uh, and then when that track went away, it was a cart track in Regina, Saskatchewan, and people wanted to drift elsewhere. It seemed very much like if you're going to start drifting further away, you should have a trail, like a truck and trailer to do it. So now if you're coming from Regina, Saskatchewan and going to Penticton, it might make more sense to tow your car than like driving it through the mountains. Yeah. So I think there's a ceiling yeah. on like how far it's too far to drive your track car you know and it's like here to mission doable here to like washington totally agree maybe even portland okay but like wisconsin probably true you know like and i, mean, I, I know, know Stu did it and like dominic jack, did it and, and jack Connolly did it yeah, and exactly. hated it hated yeah. it i've told that story before he rolled up and everyone was like yo this is fucking sick he's like it isn't it's the dumbest thing i've ever done like this is dumb don't ever do it it like messed up his diff or something and he had to go get that fixed and then like he said that it was so hot driving there and the tunnel on his transmission wasn't like really set up for it so it was just like bellowing heat into the into the cabin of the car yeah it sounds like just like a poorly set up car yeah i mean jack Jack does what Jack does. He's fine. But, you know, like, it's also not ideal to, like, that's not a, that's not even a fun drive, you know? Like, I no. will say every, every <laughs> drive from Vancouver to anywhere is kind of, like, nice and scenic. But, like, driving your, like, drift car, like, across the plains of western United States <laughs> is, is, like, yeah. not the best through straight prairie land yeah, like just, the entire uh, way. just yeah. like the and then just the drone of your exhaust like <laughs> for like and eight then, hours a day yeah that's the other thing too is like <laughs> i mean obviously i'm older now and this and that whatever but like it is nice to just have a vehicle that you sort of hop in and like you're not you're not worried about like fuck is that is that noise like is that my diff like uh oh is the tune off like you know what i mean like yeah i remember street tuning the car on the way to a drift event like shit like that and it's like i mean that's that's cool when you're like 18 19 22 26 whatever but like 
like just get your shit together. And then sometimes like it is, yeah, like you don't want to have to take your car with like shredded tires to go eat or like, yeah, if you got a cage, I've never had a cage, but I'm just saying if it's got a cage and it only has two seats and you guys want to go, it's like, well, fuck, maybe we're just tired. We're just hungry and like super dirty or super whatever. And you just want to hop, everyone hops in one vehicle that's quiet and just D for done and like go to, go to eat or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, so. like, it's, it is cool. It's the coolest thing you can do until it goes horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> as far as the street go locally, like if I could, I would drive a ridiculous yeah. car every single day for sure. No, I like, think, and that, I mean, yeah. wouldn't we all kind of want to do that? <clears throat> like if it just didn't matter, like. I, but I also know. have another vehicle to drive. So I think if maybe my only car was a ridiculous car, I'd probably be less inclined to do it or to like be into it. But yeah. like, if you can switch off and just have the choice of like, like numbing car A and like super exciting car B, like yeah. I would, as much as I can try to drive, you know, exciting car B until I met my limit. And then just was like, yeah, give me the truck. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Agreed. Good. I, yeah. Anyway, good. I think that answers that. Uh, I would imagine for some people, it does limit how hard they would drive at the track if they didn't have a, a trailer there. Because it's got to be a constant for some people on the back of their mind. Like, well, if this goes bad and this goes bad, I still have like a five hour drive ahead of me that I got to like deal with. Unless you're Kevin and you just deal with it when it happens, which I really like that attitude. Like, mm. <laughs> Thinking about uh, failure, you're only going to fail twice. Like, well, I yes. mean, you know, like, yeah, you could be, you could be prepared. You can have a, an idea or a plan, but I mean, like, you can't account for all the variables. Like, do you think? I, that? Yeah, like, you know, I I have crashed and I have had to take. I bent my front wheel, so I've had to take a rear wheel and put it on the front <laughs> and drive home with no fender because the fender would rub on the wheel because it was too big. But the fender was already fucked up anyway. So then, I just like threw the fender in the garbage. And then, yeah, I had to drive home like three hours from Seattle, basically. And we drove we drove a car home that was literally fucking bent in half and had yeah, to like try a, to cross the border. A banana, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, something else. Do you think that it's like the more you do this, it's like every time you do it, you learn a little bit more? Because it's like the first time you go, you bring like X amount would, of parts. Oh, I would. Oh, I would totally think so. Like sure, the more yeah. you know, like the more you do anything, the more prepared you get. And then, and like, like eventually, you get so prepared that you're like, it just makes more sense to put this thing on a fucking trailer and like go. <laughs> <laughs> like you just kind of like top out of like, well, what parts do I need to bring if it breaks? It's like I know this chassis is like. But also, it gets to the point where you like you're like, all right, well, like I'm just going to do this properly or like check it all yeah. over before I go. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? It's like. It's like, oh, I'm driving my drift car seven hours to go drift it. I better make sure all the suspension bolts are tight before I go and the axle bolts right. are tight and like go over everything and like, oh, is there oil in the transmission? And like, you know, like, yeah, or whatever it is. But like that, you know, that sort of stuff goes a long way too. you know, fair. My favorite is when people show up to the drift event and then they start bashing their fenders because like their wheels don't even fucking fit. It's like, all right. That would be your favorite. Yeah, you never put your drift spares on before right then. You're like, oh, wait, yeah. I can't turn my wheel. Yeah. Um, there's a, He asked another question. We won't actually talk about it, but I, it's pretty funny. I feel like this is where he was actually trolling you guys. <laughs> and he said, I seen Gerard got a fancy camera for Christmas. You guys should talk about cameras on the podcast. 
<laughs> Which is, yeah, I'm down with that. I have no idea about cameras whatsoever. Kevin just gets up and walks away. He's like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, uh, cameras, go is, cameras are a pretty like vast in subjective conversation. Uh, yeah. And I'm not going to drag Kevin into a... Uh, I feel like that would be a totally fine topic of conversation. It's definitely like leans more towards like what you're interested in, but like everyone's interested in cameras. Yeah, you know? I think so too. I, I just I, I have no idea about them. I don't More even know do I. That's why I feel like I'd just be sitting here like yeah. listening the whole Who time. But then it's just my opinion on which I guess is what this podcast. No, but I mean we could have like we could definitely have a guest or something, some other yeah, camera person. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's I'll think about you, that. Go I'll on, yes, yeah, um well, let me i don't think what? i have the patience i don't think i have the patience to to do the camera the work camera thing well, I yeah I, I love taking pictures but that's why like i always just had a canon because like it was easy and took decent pictures it didn't take amazing pictures but like every time like i took a picture it turned out pretty decent so i was like okay this is what i'm going to use just canon uh and then the iphones got super good and i was just like why the fuck am I going to get a camera out? I got to fuck with all this ISO and like F-stop stuff. And then like the picture ends up turning out shitty because I don't know what I'm doing. I just click on my iPhone and it looks pretty good. Like, Or, or that's, that's the other thing. It's like you don't know what you're doing. And then you you buy this like $1,200 camera and just set the settings to auto all the time. Because <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. And it's like, well, then like, yeah. why do I really have to have this $1,200 camera? Ah, $1,200 camera is not going to do much for you anyway. Right, well. Sorry. Like, I mean, like an iPhone is camera I got is worth, honestly. But like it, your it, camera that you got is worth is probably between $1,500 and $2,000. Used? That's pretty sick. Yeah. Used? That's what yeah. it's used? Oh, yeah. wow. They don't yeah. sell it. I don't know if they sell it new anymore. Yeah. Because they're on like two generations after that. Yeah. Yeah. I did a bunch of research on it after the fact. And yeah, it's still like a relevant camera. And, and people yeah, even still to this day were like, yo, this camera's still like better than a lot of cameras out there. So pretty stoked on that. Yeah. So for those that don't know, Gerard got a Sony A7R2. Two. two, yeah. Yeah. So then with a couple lenses. With he's got a, a G Master. Which is great for you. G money. Yo. We got a G Master 24 to 70, 2.8, which that is like a pretty, pretty solid lens to have in your like arsenal of lenses. And then you had a kit lens, which is whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Came with it. <laughs> 16 to 35, which is all right. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I uh, Quick answer. You got a Sony. And right now I feel like Sony is the right way to go for cameras. Someone will disagree with me. I just, from all the research I did, all the money that Sony put into R&D over the last, like, five, six years, they just, like, went fucking all out. They were the ones that very much felt like made uh, mirrorless cameras a viable option. And now we're all shooting mirrorless cameras. Well, not all of us. I think some people still still shoot mirror, shoot on mirror or DSLRs. And DSLRs. Genuine Sony. Yeah. Sorry, Magnet box. Sorry, professional. <laughs> and then other people shoot film because they're artsy, and that's cool too. A whole other game. <laughs> I don't know. I went to school for a long time to, you know, this is. I figured no this would cameras. be like when we were talking about tools. It's like I should get you guys an advent cam or advent calendar <laughs> full of full of camera stuff. <laughs> camera accessories. Yeah, that'd be sick. 
It's just lanyards and memory cards because <laughs> everything's so fucking expensive. Cameras, yeah. I will say, being into cameras and cars, uh, and there's like there is like that crossover, but like you guys are into tools in cars, and the relationship between the two is way more like symbiotic. Oh, yeah, it's very like, intertwined. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but it's having like being into like cameras are so expensive, and then cars are so expensive, and it's very hard to do both unless you're like very well off. I think. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, I really like I rent a lot of lenses because I can't afford the lenses that I like to shoot on. So if like someone's like, that's cool that you hey, can rent lenses. I, yeah. Cause like I love shooting on 70 to 200s, 2.8s with image stabilizers that when I'm at the track and the Sony version of that's like a three thousand dollar lens. Oh nice. There's so many car parts. But then, yeah. then when you look at the car parts, you're like, that's a fucking camera lens. So does someone does someone make adapters so you could like run like a Canon lens on your Sony? Yeah, and, you can, yes. But you can run like your old old generation lenses that you already have. Yeah, on you newer can do, gen cameras. Yeah, you can. Uh, I never bought the it's funny because now the Canon lens that I used to like shooting on is kind of like getting a little bit more affordable, but it's doesn't make sense because I don't have a Canon anymore. And then you run that through an adapter and not all of the adapters are great. Like you're probably always going to be better off running the lens that is meant to go with your camera. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure someone would disagree with me, but I think like, yeah, like there's, there's a bunch of features on the camera that need to talk to each other now. And yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, is it going to be, is it going to be legit when like you run like a, a Sony camera with like a canine lens or whatever? So, yeah. so that's not gonna work. Yeah, my buddy used to try to run the Canon lens on his Sony A7R, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yeah, it was fine some of the time." Uh, and it was called like the Metabones adapter, and it was like it was fine some of the time, and then sometimes he'd be in the middle of a video shot and it would just turn off and be like, "Nope," and it's like cool. <laughs> so I just like blew that shot and then can't get that back. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, cameras are a whole other thing. We can talk about that with someone else. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of everything. So, Ben Horsborough, who asked us a question last time, was so happy that he asked another question, and I liked it. So, I'm going to put this out there. He liked it. He really liked really it. Li- Mike, he likes it. Um, ben, he likes it. Okay. Hey, man. Just wanted to... Oh, he wished us a Merry Christmas from Australia, which is very nice. That's sick. Uh, he said, thank you for answering my question on the podcast. I've got one more for whenever you guys got time. That's good. Uh, he said, and I don't have time now, so let's you know, shut it down. Um, right. He said, how do you guys recommend dealing with burnout? I'm a mechanic by trade, and I've been manual, manually, manual swapping my JZS for the past, what feels like forever, brackets, six months or so. After working on cars all day, I just don't feel motivated to work on my own thing at home, more or less. How do you guys still find motivation to keep pushing ahead because right now it's a bit hard to find any <laughs> any tips you have would be greatly appreciated i feel like we've kind of answered this but then i think this leads we... into like a better topic but yeah go on how do you oh. stay motivated i feel like my situation might be a bit different than than a lot of others like for me to even just get to work on my car it's like a pretty big deal just with time management and stuff so i'm usually like relatively stoked to do it but at the same time, if I had a bunch of money, I would probably just pay somebody to do whatever it is that my car required so that I could just drive it. Uh, also, as far as the working on cars 
in the day and then working on cars at night. Like the, I, I actually was going to be a mechanic at one point in my life. Uh, like, a, you know, like a, like I wanted to work at a dealership and be like a, like a top technician at like whatever Mercedes or Lexus or something like that. And then I realized like, shit, like I, I actually really like working on just my own car. I don't really want to work on other people's cars because we used to do labor and stuff too. You know, I had a shop. So my way to not get burnt out was just to pick a different career essentially so that I could just work on cars uh, for my own fun when I want to. But they, my career still has to do with cars. I just don't work on them. So yeah, I don't know if that's the right kind of answer. Oh, to that tell is, well, I think that that that's, is. you know, that that's their career. Um, uh, but yeah, that's what I did. I, Kevin, I tr- Kevin's touched on this before as well. I think where you like Kevin, you once said uh, people would uh, tell you like, why don't you go be a mechanic? And you're always like, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. The exact reason Gerard said it was like, you know, this is what I like to do. It's like, I don't want, I don't want that exact thing that's happening to this exact guy. That was, you know, the exact scenario I was trying to avoid. Right. Um, but I also do, do know the, the burned out thing. It's like, you know, I have a million projects on the go that are all in various stages. And for me, that's almost one way to do it. It's like, well, if I just get sick of working on something, I could just go work on something else. And it's at least it's different or, or, you know, but you do get to those points where you're just like, man, I just have to get this done. And like, you don't really want to do it, but. Do you think, I just thought of this as you were talking, do you, I think a lot of car guys probably come in like, Car guys are notoriously bad for always like picking up more projects. It's like, ah, this car is not done and I should get another project because you yeah. get a new project and it's like a new, exciting thing. Yeah. It's fresh and new and different. And then you're going to put all this time. So you're not burnt out on it. Cause and then eventually you get burnt out on that. And then it becomes this like vicious cycle of like, well, what's yeah. the new next exciting thing. And I wonder I mean, if that's a cycle I, of abuse. <laughs> Well, 100,000% agree with that. I am definitely bad at, but I got so many projects and I got zero time, like zero time, but like four or five different projects all in the like beginning stages. I mean, that's the thing is like, as far as the blit goes, I had to basically just dedicate, like force myself to dedicate time to get that thing done so that it would be to a level in which I could actually just a drive it and B enjoy it. Right. Like even putting that seat rail in, man, like, I was just like, I just got to get this done. Like, I just like everything else in my life just put on hold, just get the damn seat rail done. Cause like, like for me to drive that car with a stock seat was absolutely just terrible. So yeah, just force yourself to do it. Gun to your head, make yourself do it. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think it's that easy. Like, I think it's a, I think it's a very, I, I do feel that most car guys at some point, if they get into the game at the right time, probably for at least a split second in their like earlier days think like maybe i should work on cars for a living like maybe i should be in the car industry for a living like i love cars so much why shouldn't i be around it like that's what i'm passionate about yeah because i think even like me at one point i was like well it'd be pretty cool to know how to do auto body but like (laughs) would it i don't know like (laughs) The difference is, is like I thought I could paint my car for cheap, not like <laughs> like learn how to paint and like do body work on a car and do like wild shit. And but realistically, you get into the day and day grind. It's like, well, you're probably just doing insurance claims unless you have like 
Yeah, you're doing like bumper repaints. Yeah, and it's like, well, that's not really. So the funny thing is, is that I would say all three of us found a way to be around cars without actually making it the crux of like our of our like existence right like Mm -hmm. you guys are around cars but you don't necessarily have to wrench on cars like you guys are running a business that sells car parts it's beneficial for you guys to wrench on your car some of the time but yeah exactly it's not what it's not literally what's paying the bills yeah and then you're not working on anyone else's car well unless you're doing like r&d and like and even then that's not every day no. And then even then, you guys have employees. I can yeah, we have so, employees that do that now. Uh, they, yeah, you're kind just... of, yeah. Uh, and then I have nothing to do with the car industry. But so my thing is the reverse where it's like, I feel like I get burnt out if I'm not around cars. So like if I go a long enough time in my regular life and I don't do car shit, then that like, that causes a sense of burnout because then I'm not near the thing that I care about doing and that's tough. So it's actually the opposite for me, which then I mean, one thing that I will say is like, if you're, if you're coming home every day after work and then it's like after dinner, you're going to go work on your car for a bit. Like maybe just pick one small thing. It's like every, it's got to get done eventually, but like you don't have to, you know, you don't have to do four hours after work every day. It's just like, I don't know, maybe one day you're just going to like, clean up the shop or something so that like for the next day it's better it's like at least at least you got something done you know yeah and or like maybe it has nothing to do like you know maybe it has nothing to do with like the whole end goal it's just something you've been putting off you're like oh man i always wanted to like wrap my chrome trim black it's like well at least you know next time you go to work on your car you're gonna be stoked on that and maybe you're gonna like want to get it finished faster i agree i I feel like that's kind of how i do things is like just pick a small thing and, and get it done. Like, yeah, I guess perfect example was the seat rail. I picked up the seat, super stoked. And, and I mean, the older I get, man, I feel like the more, like, obviously when you're young, you just do whatever you want and everything sort of makes you happy just because you're kind of like your whole life is just about you. <laughs> but like when you're older, it's kind of like, you know, there's a lot of shit in your life that like is, you know, responsibility and stress. And it's like, you want to just do the thing that like, is going to make you the most happy at that time to like hopefully transition into the next thing that you need to get done to make you happy. So yeah, like perfect example, that seat rail, like I just wanted to see for so long and I just had to get in the car. And then finally now, like I just love driving the car. Like I just love driving that car so much. Um, even though the car itself hasn't changed, like, you know what I mean? It still does all the same weird shit, but like the actual experience of, just even getting in the car is is so much better. And like I sit lower, it's a much more sporting position, like all those things. Yeah. Or even something small, like the clutch stop, for example, like you put a clutch stop on the car and it's like, makes driving the car so much better, which then transitions into like you needing to fix the other things because you're now driving the car more. So it's like, yeah, all those little things sort of like segue into each other. I feel like uh, that is somehow the most insightful and profound thing like that you've ever said on this podcast what, what, which i don't know man like the whole common theme of what you've kind of been talking about tonight is very funny it's like i can hear brandon flowers in the background singing when you were young with the killers because it's like you have this thing of like yeah when you're young you just do whatever the fuck you want and then you get old and like life is like you got you're you're getting you're doing it 
and then you said like do the thing that brings you joy to get yeah. you to the next thing that'll bring you joy yeah because why the fuck are you into cars in the first place it's to, to be joy to be happy you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. that's what makes you happy it's like what puts a smile on your face is like when you when you put the car down and the wheels fit sick or like when you look back at your car and like you're like man those those uh, late model taillights look fully sick you know what i mean or like whatever it may be like those led lights that i put in they, that's so much that looks so much sicker at night or like you know that steering wheel or that new turbo sure hits harder like you know like all those little things <laughs> gerard's birthday is tomorrow and the wisdom really hit hard this time he's fucking coming through yeah he's giving you guys gifts yeah he's fucking usually he's just telling everyone he's a drug addict on cars <laughs> Well, he's had his fix, man. He's out drifting in the snow. It's snowing yeah, right now. This is the eye of the storm. I mean, it's snowing here right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, buddy. How old are you going to be, Gerard? 45? That's 45, the threshold. Man. That's just when your old man wisdom kicks in. <laughs> oh, no. Apparently. <laughs> He's that's not in crazy. that. He's not in that forty. He's not in that nineteen to forty-five age group anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Shit. But this goes to a bigger topic, and we've talked about talking about it before. And it was like, so then the question, and this is what I wanted to twist it into, is the like, how do you pursue your passion, and do you make a career out of that? So like, pursue your passion and try to make a career out of that, or. Do you go get a paycheck and keep your hobby your hobby and try to earn as much money as you can? How does one make a go out of a passion? Which I feel like you guys have. I think that's a fair thing to say. Serial nine. Uh Uh Everyone, uh, you know, when I explain it to people, to the normies, it's really fucking confusing. Uh, (laughs) But it's like, it, it works. And it seems very ideal. You've constructed a business where you get to do the things that you like doing and you kind of get to stay motivated, steer clear of the reads that Ben's in right now. Uh, yeah. So, and then is that valuable? Like, or is it better? Do you think just to go make as much fucking money as possible and fund your, like fund your car habit? I'm definitely not the guy to ask that. Um, I've never made a lot of money. So this is, this is all I know <laughs> I've only ever done. I've only ever done my passion. So right. it's sort of working out for me financially. I would say no, but as far as like being able to enjoy my passion for almost my entire life, yeah, it's worked out. And I mean, you know, the company's growing and stuff and I feel like financially it'll pay off at some point, but I certainly wasn't making fucking 50, 60, 70 grand you know, at 30 years old or whatever. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And also, it's like, one thing I will say is, you know, we have other friends who have other trades, if you will. Um, but it's like, you know, if you're into cars, you, you kind of know the cars that you kind of know how to turn the wrenches anyway, just by being into cars, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, if you can do HVAC or you can do plumbing and you're into cars, you're probably going to have multi, you're going to have like multiple skills. But if like you're a mechanic and you're into cars, like maybe you're just like, a really great mechanic maybe you know yeah. um and yeah it's like we have a friend who does hvac and like you know he's about to do a weekend job and and make make himself twelve thousand dollars cash like 
it's like well you know like that's not really is that illegal we kept a job or i mean it's it's probably under the table money but yeah you know (laughs) it's still it's still a viable option you could still take that cash and go go buy car parts with it you know yeah that's a lot of cheddar and i think that's what he's gonna do but like i don't have a skill set that could probably earn me that much money in that short a time no either do i um it, hmm. it is tricky i will say this so i pursued uh a thing that i was passionate about i went to film school uh and i did that and i was you know that this that shit where someone tells you if you work a day you know do the thing you love and you'll never work a day in your life and yep. george lucas has a fucking quote about it that's really great uh but i i feel like i did try to do that but then now I just work at like a tech company. And like I said earlier, I have to sometimes like fight to be around the thing that I really like. And also it's not like my job makes me rich either. Right. So it's like, there's. So you're like in a lose, lose situation. <laughs> well, yeah. You chose like fully the wrong choice. Well, I mean, like it seemed like the right choice at the beginning. Cause it was like, I like movies and cameras and cars and then my outlet for it has always been like i mean the nice thing about it is like doing media i do that on my terms and that's nice no one else is like really controlling that aspect of my life except for me gerard sometimes does but that's fine (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i think i guess if you could go kevin you were an arborist before this yeah could have been making some sweet cheds i definitely was getting paid pretty well back then to me it was like i couldn't i couldn't take the time off that i wanted to have off like i had i had so much money but no time to spend it right um and then yeah sounds like a huge problem (laughs) i mean i don't know like i mean it's a problem it's somewhat of a problem it's a problem you know not the worst problem yeah exactly it's definitely not the worst problem to have but like when you're just like yo i think there's this thing that like you know like this is the only thing that i've like really 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 wanted to do in the last six months or in the next six months and it's just like it's you can't get the time off it's just like nope 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 and it's like well like who the fuck cares how much money i'm earning like yeah yeah it's like i can't go and spend a tiny tiny bit of it on the one fucking thing i actually want to do like so that's when I was like, man, if I could just like do my own business, make even the same amount of money I'm making right now, but like be able to be my own boss, then it seemed like a no brainer. <clears throat> now it's interesting because do you find you that, do you have to make more responsible decisions now that you are your own boss? Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, and then I wonder, cause like young man, Kevin was like, I want all this time off, but then like not old man kevin but like old middle man. of middle of, for an entire month <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i mean but i also watched kevin be like ah, i don't know if this is a good idea like you know like he thought a lot of it's it seemed like it weighed on you a bit and you had to like make that thing because your presence and the business that you do carries weight whereas like when you were uh cutting trees you're like, yeah, you, the tree can wait. And like, it's, you know, it's no sweat off my back. It's not, you know, the business. Will still- yeah, no, totally. It's like, even like after having the business for a year, I felt like I had a much better understanding of all of the stresses and like what my boss was going through 
on top of what my daily job was there, you know? Yeah. That I, you know, there's no way to really comprehend that until you're, you're doing it for yourself. You don't regret it ever? Is there ever a point where you're like, man, I wish I still had more money than I know what to do with? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that would be a, a fun, a fun thing, but also, yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. There's, there's aspects about the job that I miss. And like, to me, like the money part wasn't the biggest part that oh, really? I miss. So, yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> oh, that's good. Good. I mean, it's, it's also a struggle. I'll say this isn't for everyone, but we do live in a very expensive region. So you start talking about how much money. Be for yourself, is. peasant. <laughs> oh, yeah, well. I mean, no, uh, I mean, that is one thing though, too. It's like, it definitely wasn't all fucking like rose petals along, you know, it wasn't yeah. rose petals along the way. And like, it feels like in the shop for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It feels like Gerard and I are just too stubborn to give up. And like, there's a million times where I feel other people would have just been like, Oh, this, this absolutely. is stupid. Like, what are we doing? This isn't going to work. But like, we are just like too stubborn to ever admit that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just like, yeah no. Here's a question then. What is the closest you've ever come to calling it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> That's I mean, I, never happened. I think that uh, there's definitely like a couple of times we had to talk. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely okay. feel like that. Gerard doesn't remember. <laughs> I don't know. I maybe I yeah. Was it can you remember what it was? Or do you, you don't have to I think it I was just like, like we were struggling like, for so long yeah like we had no employees like honestly like maybe it was like right before i don't know yeah i definitely remember talking about it a couple of times so where we were just like yo like how how much longer do you want to do this where we're kind of just like treading water almost or like yeah you know what i mean like like how much longer do you want to stay at this size before we're just like it's obviously not gonna be something and then the the business loan comes in, the domino. Or like, yeah, we got like an employee, like we got a loan, like everything, like we got the like uh like mentorship. Or like, yeah, yeah. The, we, we met Jane. Jane is amazing. Yeah. She's so, our like business sort of mentor, leader, advisor. How person. long into this did it take for that to happen? <laughs> Like how long did you do this for? Like that was like dec that was like decade in. Like 10 years in, you're like, should we keep doing this? And then it was like maybe. And then you got a the all the like the business bureau shit came comes in. And well, I mean, honestly, that's just like when Gerard and I are having like an actual serious conversation about it between yeah. the two of us. Like I'm sure there was tons of times that he thought that or I thought that. Or we both thought that, but we weren't verbalizing it or didn't bring it up or, you know. Mm, yes. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I've definitely, I've personally definitely thought about giving up hundreds of times, hundreds of times easily, just because, yeah, it's like, like I said, man, I've never been whatever rich or whatever. And I've, I've only ever known this just because it's kind of like what my dad <clears throat> told me to do just like follow your passion be a professional blah 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 and so i thought okay yeah for sure like it's, there's no way i can lose it's it's 100 percent just gonna work because my dad said so which for those that don't know i, I never really had a dad that's kind of was like in a letter that he left me so i just did it blindly because that's literally all i knew um 
And then after quite some time, I was just like, mm, you know, maybe, maybe I should listen to my mom. Cause my mom was always, you know, university educated, get a good job, like get a high paying job. And then you'll be set, you know, pension and all this stuff. And I'm just like, mom, I was always kind of like, mom, like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, you don't know anything about business. You know anything about whatever, like basically it was just like ABC, go to school, get a good job, make money and you'll be happy. And it's like, it just didn't really make sense to me. And then, so I only ever knew this, but yeah, many times I was like, you know, this isn't working right, Gerard. Like this isn't, this isn't really cool to have like, you know, a thousand dollars a paycheck or whatever it is, $500 a paycheck. You're like 35 years old, like, you know, like, wake up man it's not working so yeah i'd say there was like four four years or something that we like didn't really get a paycheck and then there was like four years that we were able to take money back out of the company not in the form of a paycheck but in the form of money we'd already put into the company on our own right and then now it's been like the last four years has been a paycheck but even in the beginning like gerard said it was like our first paychecks were like like under a thousand dollars we're making like less than minimum wage yeah exactly (laughs) like we're like literally like poverty level like when you go to file your taxes like right that's wild and only yeah like only in the last two years is it like an actual like paycheck yeah and like yeah when he tried to buy and it's this still house, like not even crazy it's not even like you know it's not like a yeah. decent paycheck it's just a paycheck yeah and like when then, i tried to buy this house and like like put my name on the mortgage they're just like you can't put zeros man like is this a joke <laughs> <I was like, laughs> uh, what's your income yeah. zero it's like uh okay <laughs> go get fucked <laughs> but i got a lot of instagram followers and some yeah, sick exactly. cards exactly yeah um yeah that's i mean that's interesting i guess because yeah i guess i would be the other side of that where it's like i did i i i, I tried to but it's like the the realm that i work in i get to see people make a lot of money like tons of money mm-hmm. i don't mm-hmm. to make the same amount of money so that is like the level of disconnect. So it, this thing came to mind and I guess it runs in line with what uh, what Gerard was saying with his old man wisdom today, which is like, you got a family, you got kids. Uh, how long do you do a thing for yourself before you start thinking about like, oh man, I need to do things for <laughs> these other Well, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think it depends on how many responsibilities you have. Like, yeah. Like if you're not paying the rent, because your business isn't working then like you probably got to figure out that business real quick or go admit defeat and get a job to pay that rent real quick you know mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i was fortunate enough to like basically be doing this shit since i was young and take you know the fifteen thousand years to like kind of get it right before i started my family got married and stuff so like if i would have yeah if i would have tried to settle down earlier I would have been like, this is, I would not have zero nine right now. I would just be like, I don't even know what I'd be doing, man. I'd I'd be doing something creative. I'd probably, you know, be designing some sort of shit, but like, it wouldn't be for me. It wouldn't be for zero nine. Are we going to do a, are we going to do a Marvel's what if episode of what you guys (laughs) would do if you didn't work for zero nine? (laughs) 
<laughs> Does it have the haze around it the whole way, so yeah. you know it's like a dream or like not reality? Well, you know, you have the guy that <laughs> introduces the episode, and he's the watcher, and he can't interfere. <laughs> I'll be the watcher. Gerard, what would you do if you didn't do this? I just wanted to design furniture, man. <clears throat> furniture is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I really like like designing things and things that are like aesthetically pleasing. Um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of get into furniture. Uh, it's pretty like like not sketchy, but like you know, it's not like easy to just be like yo, like some like super duper fashion or furniture designer that makes a bunch of money. <laughs> um, but I mean, I was pretty close with these guys that used to do art. So like they weren't the artists, but they were the people that made the art that the artists sort of like commissioned. It's just like, you know, sheet metal type pieces and, and some, you know, tables and stuff. And like, it was pretty nice stuff uh, that they would produce, but they didn't design any of it. And I was like, well, shit, I could probably just do both. Um, and then I wanted to, yeah, design like weird sort of like cantilever couches and all this stuff that like, sort of was like uh confusing to the eye where like it only had like three legs or some shit like that but just with like really nice leather and metal i don't know i think yeah. serial nine should make couch <laughs> <laughs> they, all, um, they all have that gangster lean yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like low and lower low yeah exactly <laughs> oh good kevin what would you do if you weren't doing this um probably make like high-end custom cat trees it seems like cat trees are super expensive and really, really basic. Yeah, there's so like, stupid. Seems like there's yeah. a really good market there. Honestly, those, you're, you probably you probably can. Or like you know, like the only other thing that people are more willing to spend money on is like baby stuff. Like maybe we'd like make baby strollers. Yeah, you know, that seems really hard though. Yeah, the I mean that's definitely like definitely like a pretty like complicated thing, but like a lot of regulations. Ah, uh, that's true. Yeah, you probably just have to make the baby boys. accessories. You can make yeah. you can basically pick like a line of strollers and just like accessorize the shit out of it. They yeah, already yeah. do that themselves, though. You know. Yeah, but they have to buy the pieces to do it with. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, interesting. Good. Man. What about you, Ryan? What would I do? Yeah, what's your well, I would, universe? Uh, if I would, uh, yeah, what's Bizarro Ryan? I would do car media. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I always. I think like it became pretty clear. Like uh, a lot of people probably don't know, but I think I've done Dota Logic for twelve years ish. Maybe what type of pay cut would you take to do car media? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'd have to like think about it. I don't know. Yeah, like what I what I feel like Motor Trend or Speed Hunters right now was like, hey Ryan, like we want you to work full time for us. It's a funny thing. But you gotta take a thirty thousand dollar pay cut. <laughs> Make thirty thousand dollars a year. Um uh that is a uh did you just say I make thirty thousand dollars? I would year? make thirty thousand dollars oh, a year based on that like... equation. Uh I'd make thirty-four thousand dollars a year. Uh, there was a version of me that would do that for sure. Like sub sub. So Ryan is 37. Now he'll be 38 in July. Sub 30. You're talking Ryan. to yourself in, in yeah. the third person. But, well, it's fucking what if man. <laughs> it's what if in that. Do, 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 do. Ryan. Um, before June, I would have for sure. Like that would have been the game. And it is very funny. Cause it's like, I look back 
And I think one of my key mistakes that I made is that I never asked anyone. I just thought if I worked really hard at a thing for a long time, that initially, it, you know, eventually it would turn into a, into a, a thing. But I never right. asked anyone. I was never, I never emailed speed hunters and was like, speed hunters, can I be a blah, blah, blah? Like, how do you apply? I never yeah. emailed, like, I never. Unfortunately, like that's, you have to do all, you know. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you know this about me, not great at self-promotion. So I was like, well, if you put in the work and then this was a, like a lesson that I learned later on where it's like, you know, like I, I have a lot of friends and their, their parents are entrepreneurs. So then they became entrepreneurs and they just very much believe that if you work hard, <laughs> you'll be rewarded for your efforts. And I'm like, ah, I don't always think that's the case. Cause it's like, it's like, look, I could go out every day and dig a hole in my backyard and I could work really hard at digging a hole in my backyard. But yeah. If I don't have a plan at the end of the day, I just have a hole in my backyard. It's not like I'm going to be rewarded for this fucking for, hole yeah, in my like, backyard. For working so hard to dig that hole. Yeah. You know, it's like, you gotta, there's a lot of things that come into play when you're doing that. And I just, you know, like I I've talked to other people about like, Oh, like, what do you do on Instagram? And they're like, well, the things that you don't want to do is how you get a bigger audience. And I was like, oh, well, what is that? It's like, you need to tag people in it. Not like your friends, but you need to be like, ah, at Stance Nation in the photo or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, no, no. I want to be recognized for the work that I do. I don't want to be like annoying someone. To them sharing it is them, I guess, recognizing the work that you do, but they like won't know about it unless you share it. You share it, yeah. So, but that was the thing. I just, I was under the mis guided conception perception that if i just like put the work in eventually someone would notice yeah which isn't the case and i think that is a that's a hard thing for I, i'm sure a lot of people don't do that but i think there are people that do do that you know yeah, i would i would think that you i would think there's probably equal amount of people doing it like there's tons of people who just like litter their fucking oh, hyundai yeah. tiburon photo with like Nine thousand tags, and it's just like that's the other end of the the yeah. extreme where it's just like they're they're spamming everybody and don't have anything to show for it, and you don't want to be that guy, but you actually have something to show for it, but you're way I too need humble. To be that guy. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. That's you know? the thing. It's like you're like, well, I don't want to be that version of what I do. Yeah. So I'm gonna do the off. But you have to be some off. version of. Yeah, that, you gotta you know? be willing to go out and like actually like toot your own horn. That like uh, yeah. yeah, that's like the the guy who never gets a date, but he's never asked a girl out. He's just like exactly. Womp. <laughs> <laughs> womp, womp. I never really knew how you would like break into the into that industry, especially as like a Canadian. I thought it would be pretty difficult, especially as a Canadian that lived in Regina, Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like those guys all live in like Cali and all that stuff. Like you were saying before too. Like how much do you think like the geography would have an impact on say even like serial ride and and that type of shit and it's like probably pretty big man yeah yeah, yeah you were if you were two to three I mean, hours yeah people stuff. come come out to visit us now like imagine if we were in cali you know how many people would be coming out to visit? it would be yeah. totally different and you'd have it, like, it may or may not be a totally different company too though right like we are who we are maybe because, because of where we live yeah, yeah that's true like we wouldn't have a 110 and all of that <laughs> yeah you might you might have so much money you wouldn't know like who knows 
Yeah, exactly. Maybe you'd be a maybe you'd be a hoonigan, or maybe you'd be a, <laughs> like. Maybe you'd have a taken. Yeah. As the world my, turns. My eyes on that Rivian now, though. Oh yeah, fuck. you haven't. You got to drive one first before you go. That's true, but I mean, if it provides acceleration similar to the Taycan, yet it can go off roading. So I kill two birds with one stone. Get rid of the truck and be like. Mm. Got this super fast off-road truck. I guess. <clears throat> so, if you could go back and change anything, would you change anything? What would you do differently? Me or Kevin or both? Either both of you are gonna. I mean, that feels it. really easy now because it feels like all of the ideas the that we had. Yeah, exactly. You know, what I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, and like you could just make mm-hmm. all, the, all the correct decisions earlier. You know, or yep. not make the so wrong now- ones. So. So now here's a question. You can yeah. gatekeep this information so no one ever goes out of the so you can't like help people that are coming up behind you, or you can share <laughs> what you would do differently, but potentially create competition. <laughs> I would probably it's yeah, it's you know, anyway. I was gonna say I'd probably like buy all these wheels and then store them somewhere. And then I was like, you know what I would do? Actually, I'd buy warehouse space so that I could store all my stuff. And then like, wait a minute, I would just buy real estate earlier. And then you know, buy Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, like, yeah, literally. Yeah. Just, you know, I didn't ask now, what you could do if you would time travel. I meant like, oh, what was the question? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was basically the question, wasn't it? Yeah, like, well, okay. Well, that's you're a, Biff from. Yeah, yeah. You know, that yeah, is exactly. a fun question that I ask usually people <laughs> at work. I'm always like, if you could time travel to any period in time, but you have to leave today with the knowledge that you have, yeah, where where would you go and why? And then you get that type of conversation. You're like, well, I just go invest in Bitcoin. It's like, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. The question is, what would you do differently now? Like having you put in this 10 years, trials, tribulations, you've, you've got the come up. What do you do differently? What would you have done differently to for the business? Not like fucking carrying around <laughs> a sports almanac and a DeLorean. <laughs> I, I would have... Uh... I would have got help way sooner, man. I'm a stubborn, stubborn motherfucker. And and I always just thought I knew best and I knew how to do it. And, you know, it took the realization of like, yo, you actually don't have a fucking clue what you're doing. And like, you should probably get some help or you're surely going to fail. So I probably would have just maybe got that help sooner. Yeah. Like and... I said, like, what, like, getting an employee was like a game changer for us. It just allowed us to get so much more done and like have yeah. another, another person with another set of ideas, you know, to, to help yeah. us along the way. Um, yeah. And then also some, this is what one thing I wonder about sometimes I'm like in the beginning we did, we did spend a lot, a lot of time doing labor and not advancing the actual company. Um, but I'm wondering if that was like a necessity, like even if we were doing the the parts full time, like maybe we wouldn't have sold enough to to be paying the rent and stuff. But at the same time, the labor gained us, uh, excuse me, notoriety because we did like JJ's car, which was like SEMA, SEMA car, like a couple times. Yeah, I don't know that um, that notoriety like directly translates into the part sales in any way, though. But no, not the sales, but I feel like as far as legitimacy as a company, like. Um, you know what I mean? Like you're still attached to those. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not even those SEMA cars, but cars that like, I mean, locally, 
we were kind of known for that type of stuff but yeah, yeah you were a high it was like someone with a high caliber car would then be like yes yeah, serial nine did this well where do you go to get that done it's like serial nine that, that's the no press you know like that's that was good press like good pr mm-hmm. through yeah. someone that was like making waves um <laughs> do so then gerard do you think that the reason I'm asking this is because I think I still suffer from this because I agree with you. It's like, I get stubborn and think I know the answer. And then I have to constantly remind myself that I don't know the answer. I like, I probably don't know. And then I have to like ask people, do you find that? Do you find that like, are there things that you still have to remind yourself or do you think you're past that? Are you back on to being like stubborn Gerard or, or have you, have you grown as an individual to know when to ask for help? Um, I think I've definitely grown as an individual and know when I have to ask for help. Um, yeah, I'm not definitely not as smart as I think I am as far as like everything. Um, it's not bad to ask for help. I don't, I don't, I think maybe that might've even been a challenge in the first couple of years was like, if I ask for help, then I, it's a fail. It's almost like I'm failing. Yeah. When realistically you're kind of not (laughs) failing. But also sometimes like, it's also about like, you know, the right person giving you the help. Like, yeah, you have to be able to, to receive that help, but also like they could, you know, you could be like, Oh, how do I climb up this mountain? And they're just like, why would you ever climb up that mountain? That's a stupid idea. Why would you climb that mountain? You're like, well, I'm asking you how to climb the mountain, not whether or not I should climb the mountain, you know? We definitely got a lot of that. <laughs> Tony, I mean, I, would, I, mean I wouldn't even, I wouldn't say a lot of it, but yeah, definitely, definitely some. some. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, go on, sorry. No, I said there were definitely people that were just like, uh, you know, we ask them for advice or help and they're just like, what is it that you want to do? Yeah, that's, that's pretty stupid. Don't, don't bother. <laughs> That's 100% going to fail. And I, you know, and that's where the stubbornness comes in. But then, you know, it's like, yeah, that's why I feel like it has to be the, it has to be the right person. Yeah. Somewhat. How do you find the right person? How do you know? Yeah. Like, how did you know when you found the right person that you're like, that's the person I'm going to take help from? Okay. First of all, because it was with the BDC, they were the ones giving us money. And that's what they do is they give people money. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, basically they were just like, yeah, here's this like strategic planning course and this is going to be your like liaison. And then we were just like, oh, we started working with her and we're like, oh, this is like an amazing fit. And like every, you know, like every time we meet, we just like have accomplished so much and like get so more pumped for what we want to do the next time. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, like it was, it, unfortunately it's sort of just like a chance encounter if you will but happened yeah, to be a really happen? good fit yeah how did that happen how did you know that you're like we're gonna go to the bdc like what, what? we needed money man <laughs> we needed money and you just yeah we needed like, like how do mode. i get money for this or like what did sorry you, how did you get to that point because like well we had already known about their existence because we had gone to them with a business plan before um and they were like, yeah, this is like pretty comprehensive and pretty good and blah, 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 blah. Um, and then we just reached out and then the, the our contact with the BDC was like really good. And he kept following up and being like, hey, like, you know, do you have that? Do you have your financial reports done yet? Like, 
that so I can hand them in. Like, yeah. how do you feel about form? Yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, so like if rad. he if he wouldn't have been trying to help us get it all done, or like, yeah, it wouldn't have happened. So, yeah. Shout out to him. He was Shout the best. Shout out to that guy. Now yeah. people have sick cars because that guy was like <laughs> unrelenting. <Yeah. laughs> like, um, ah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I because I get Gerard's point. Like I feel like sometimes if you ask a question and the answer, the idea doesn't come from you, it feels a little bit like it's yeah. not your work, and then it feels a little bit like a failing. Yeah, <laughs> younger me for sure had that issue. Older me likes collaboration. Maybe that has something to do with getting older too, because now it's like now you see a twenty-year-old dude, and you're just like, oh man, like I can see all the ways in which I was like that, and I've matured since then. And it's like maybe that twenty-year-old yeah. dude wouldn't wouldn't be willing to listen to these people's advice, you know? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, also, like when 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 they tell you, you know, when you're like, hey, I have these ten problems, and they're like, well, actually, that's like two problems. All 10 of those are, are like into two different categories. And this is what you could just do to like try and mitigate those problems. And then you go do it. And within a month, you've like resolved this issue that's been plaguing you for a long time. You're like, holy shit. Like, yeah, maybe this person knows what they're talking about, even though they have never, ever dealt with any car mm-hmm. parts in their entire life. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that was fuck that up. You would have been like that was the thing in the beginning too. I was just like I wouldn't take advice from anyone because I was just like, man, what the fuck do you know, man? You like sell control valves or some shit for like a I don't know hydraulics. It's like you you have no idea about my business, man. You don't know, and it's like at the end of the day, man, sales is fucking sales. Manufacturing is manufacturing, and like you know, yeah, maybe you work with aluminum and steel, and like I mean, every every part of the world has has a drawing or a or a solid model. Every part of the world gets manufactured in some way or another, and every part of the world gets distributed in some way or another. So, or and then marketed. So, like, it's all the same stuff, man. Like, yeah. there are different sets of, you know, challenges and and everything with each different business, but like, you know, yeah, they're all relatively similar. <clears throat> well, that's insightful and helpful for anyone that wants to know how to follow their passion and maybe make a go of it. That's all there is to say about that. So I guess the the harder road, I think, is to follow your, probably follow your passion and make a go of it. I would, I would say, say so. so. I would say so, yeah. And to add, okay, I'll just keep going here. Um, there were, or obviously, like we've already discussed how like, you know, there's, big sacrifices involved in basically like, you know, following your passion or whatnot. Um, so yeah, at some points in my life, I basically had nothing like not even a car. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, maybe financially I'm not like, you know, balling, but at the same time, people can be like, yo man, this guy has like a stage and a blit and like a QX and like, you know, all the brand new parts from Sherline are like on his car and like, he can take days off whenever he kind of needs to. And they just go drifting all the time or like, you know, one man's poor is another man's rich. Right. So I'm very rich in like experience and like all those type of things. But yeah, I mean, if I want to go buy a hurricane tomorrow, it's probably not going to happen. Um, but I got a lot of other cool cars and cool parts, cool wheels, <laughs> you know, take that hurricane. <laughs> yeah but i mean also if you like think about all of the people on the earth like 
There's a very, 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 very small amount of people who could afford that hurricane, you know? Yeah. And you're probably closer to it than than most. Because yeah, I mean, I can't complain. Because you can even name the car. I could ask people to point at a Lamborghini. Like, I think it's a Lamborghini. You know it when it's a Lamborghini, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, but then, I mean, I'm sure I know people that would look at a McLaren and be like, is that a Lamborghini? And be like, no. <laughs> But at the same at the at the at the uh, at the same time too, like the support uh, for you is required to be able to follow oh shit to follow your passion, right? Like uh, like you said, like if you had a family to, to support and like you had to pay for daycare and all this stuff, yeah, you, you'd never be able to like fully just throw in a hundred percent and and follow that passion. You'd always have it in the back of your head, like man, like am I doing the right thing? Like I should really just you know go work at a corporate firm and make money and yeah stifle your passion right <clears throat> well i'll say so. this for me when i was in regina the most motivated i ever was to make dota logic be a thing was when i was selling cell phones because <laughs> i was like this is it. well it was like it wasn't a lot of money and i was like i'm clearly better at this other thing uh-huh. And then there was someone, there was a guy by the name of Josh Dushin that ran the business end of Dota Logic, and he was like fully on board. He's like, Yeah, we need to get this to a point where like you're solely doing Dota Logic. But then I turned 30. I moved to Vancouver when I was 30. So like that's a little bit late in the game. And then I want to say like three years later or two years later, we had June. So then at that point, it was like, If I. <laughs> yeah, like well, I mean, you know, you're the the grind that I had from like 26 to 30 is different than the way that I grind now. Yeah, I mean, I do think it takes a special kind of person, right? Like, like for Kevin to completely just leave this like high paying job, I I honestly never ever asked him or never ever like even would fathom that that was a thing. I, I just thought I was like some fucking idiot who like didn't know any better than to just do what he loved. Cause I like a didn't really care and B didn't really have any responsibilities. So what else am I doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, it was pretty cool. That's that's Kevin. That's the guy that worries about a car crash when it happens. After it happens. Yes. It made sense, right? Yo, fuck yeah, this that's job. That's exactly it. That's that, like, Kevin's answer to the trailer question is the perfect like segue to like risk taking and like <laughs> how we get to this. It's like, yep, that makes total sense. Um, all right, I don't know. I feel like I covered a lot of ground and insightful mm-hmm. things. You guys have anything you want to add? What do you? We went around the whole world. Fucking. I mean, the steering wheel sold. We yeah, said that we, last time. Oh, we did. Okay. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, we right. did. The stream wheel is sold. So that is that episode of the Serial Podcast Nine. Feel like we got a little deep. Gerard got a little wise, blacked out with wisdom, and then he came back, <laughs> back to just being regular Gerard. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, maybe not as goofy as our other ones. Well, we'll see how this <laughs> plays, huh? Let's see how genuine plays on the old radio shtick. <laughs> anyway, uh, so thanks, thanks to everyone for for tuning in, and uh, yeah, yeah, we'll be back. And uh, Kevin, yeah, Gerard. thanks, thanks for tuning in. Thank glad you. To be, glad to be with you in the new year. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, y'all.
it's over now, but yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we still got to say Happy New Year because yeah, yeah, yeah. this, this, this will be the first one after the New oh, Year. Oh, yeah. Happy New Year is a big one for us. We got to say Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> what, everybody? Fuck you. <laughs> Not Happy New Year to you. Yeah, fuck me. <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Serial Podcast 9.